Welcome to the NC4 Podcast. We exist to know Christ and make Him known. Discover the power of a connected life by listening to this message from God's Word. So I want to begin by telling you a story, and we're just going to reflect for a few minutes together here. It's a story of a blacksmith. There was once a blacksmith who took on an apprentice to train in his art and how to craft swords and tools and works of iron that would be durable and beautiful and fit for purpose. And so the apprentice watched as the master built the fire and took out the bellows and heated it up to the right temperature to be able to heat the metal to be able to be workable. Too cold and the iron would be brittle. Too hot and the iron would come out warped. And so when the fire was prepared, the blacksmith handed the apprentice the tongs and said, put the iron in the fire and only take it out when you think it's ready to be worked. And so the apprentice took the tongs and put the iron in the fire and held it in there until he could feel the heat coming through the tongs and he took it out. And the master shook his head. So he put it back in and he left it in there much longer until the fire heated the iron until it was glowing yellow. And so he took it out. And again, the master said, no, put it back in. And so now the apprentice is nervous and he puts the iron back in and he holds it close to the coals and, and longer, much longer this time until it felt like it was probably far too long. And now it was no longer glowing yellow, but it started to glow a, a dull red like the coals themselves. And the master shouted, now, take it out. And he motioned him towards the work table where he hammered the metal looking for the distinctive ringing sound of the metal when it was at the right temperature to be shaped for purpose. And the master looked at the apprentice and said, look, now the iron is not just in the fire, but the fire is in the iron. It's ready to be worked. And so I love this as a story as a picture of discipleship, because when Jesus calls a person to follow him, they become his apprentice. And Romans 8.29 says that everyone who is called to follow Jesus is being shaped into his image. And the burning desire of Jesus is to see God's name glorified and worshiped throughout the whole of creation. That's his mission. And it's actually the mission that he passed on to us, the church. And so we're focusing on missions this morning. You're going to hear me repeat something that's been said a couple times already, which I love. But I want to challenge all of us as to your place in God's mission. And I want to do that by reflecting together on the calling of the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah 6, 1 to 8. And I'm going to, we'll read this together. I want to add a little bit of context as we go along. This is a well-known passage. And it begins, In the year that King Uzziah died... I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne high and lifted up and the train of his robe filled the temple. Uzziah had been a great king, a successful king, and yet he had finished his reign, died in disgrace because he had trespassed into the temple where he had no right to be as the king. And it says above him, and that's, that's, In the position of servants stood the seraphim, which literally means the burning ones. Each of them had six wings. 
with two, he covered his face. And I think it's speaking to not peering into the divine, the things that don't belong to them. With two, they covered their feet. I think it speaks to they are not choosing their own direction. And with two, they flew. In other words, they're ready to respond to the Lord's call. And one another called to each other and said, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. And I love that the complete Jewish Bible puts it this way, more holy than the holiest holiness. The whole earth is full of his glory. And you can equally translate that as an invocation. May the whole earth be full of his glory. And so this is describing the mission of God and the whole reason why God created anything in the first place, for his glory. And verse four says, and the foundations of the thresholds shook at the voice of him who called and the house was filled with smoke. See, every time God turns up in scripture, there's an earthquake and things are rearranged. That's what happens in an earthquake. (laughs) In verse five, it says, Isaiah says, woe is me, for I am lost. I'm a man of unclean lips and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips for my eyes have seen the king, the Lord of hosts. And remember, he's right to be afraid because it's exactly what Uzziah, that, that's the presence that Uzziah had stepped into and had been judged for. In verse six, then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a burning coal that he had taken with tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth and said, behold, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin is atoned for. And we know, of course, this is a foreshadowing of Jesus, the one who allowed himself to be destroyed by the fire, destroyed by the fire of judgment so that for us it could become a fire of cleansing. And it says, I heard a voice, the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? Then I said, here am I. Send me. Isaiah encountered the presence of God and it shook him and rearranged his life. And I believe that is a hallmark of anyone for whom the actual presence of the living God has invaded their life. You simply cannot stay the same. When the presence of the creator God comes into your life, it shakes you and it rearranges your priorities. And so when Isaiah saw the one who's more holy than the holiest holiness, all his privilege, all his royal pedigree, he was royalty, his education, his political career path, it was all burned up in an instant. And all that, was, all that remained was to join the burning ones in their song. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. May the whole earth be filled with his glory. And so when the call came, all that he could respond with was, here am I, send me. There is no other appropriate response in the presence of the king. And so it was no longer about what Isaiah envisioned. 
It was no longer about the direction his feet wanted to go in. He was ready and willing to fly and do whatever God asked for for his glory. And so my question for us today, my question for you today, is has, be, has God become real to you? Has his presence invaded your life such that it's rearranged your priorities? Does your heart look at God and say, you are more precious than the most precious preciousness of anything else that I can find on earth? Because if not, I want to suggest maybe your heart has not yet seen him. You know, it's possible to be adjacent to the fire and feel the warmth of it. Maybe even you get warmed up a little bit and yet not have the fire burning inside of you. But that is each one of our purpose. The whole point that Jesus has called us to himself for is that we would be shaped into his image. And in order to be shaped into his image, we need to have his fire, not just around us, but within us. We are made to be burning ones, like those seraphim, spreading the glory of God and the gospel throughout the whole world. That is the mission and calling of every single church and every single Christian. There's a quote that I read of Charles Spurgeon that has stuck with me for years now. He said, every Christian is either a missionary or an imposter. Sit with that for a minute. And actually, I went back and looked up the quote again, and, and there, he carries on. He says, you either try to spread abroad the kingdom of Christ, or else you don't love him at all. It cannot be that there is a high appreciation of Jesus, and yet a totally silent tongue about him. And if you think about it, it's true in the rest of your life. There's nothing that you just absolutely love and treasure and, and worship that you don't tell other people about, that you don't abound with joy to share with other people, right? And so, is your heart this morning, as you hear this, as you hear this, the stories that we've heard this today, as we read this passage, is your heart saying, Lord, here am I, send me. And if that's you, there's only a couple of things that God needs in order to be able to use you and send you into his mission. And there's two things. It's availability and dependability. The famous missionary C.T. Studd, who began the work of WEC in, in India and in the Congo, he said, all God needs is a heart. He can use any old turnip for a head. <laughs> Sorry, British. All God needs is a heart that is available and dependable. And so the question for us is, am I available to God? Or am I so distracted and caught up in my own concerns? Am I dependable to God? Or do I have the best of intentions, but I never actually follow through? And if you are available and dependable, then I want to say, if each of us is a missionary, the only question is, where is our mission field? 
What's our field? And it's already been said a couple times today. Most of us, for most people at most times, they are called to the place, the people, the work, the culture that they're in. And so you're called to your work, your family, your culture, but you're no less sent than anybody else. Every single Christian is sent on God's mission. But after what I heard from today, and as I was thinking through this in preparing, I felt from the Lord to remind us that even though that's true, some of us are being called to the nations and to people groups, such as what we've heard today and such as our missionaries around the world are serving right now. Some of us are being called to the nations to leave our families of origin, leave our work, leave our homes, to cross cultural and national boundaries for the sake of the gospel. And so I believe that there are some of us here, you know, being a missionary is not from the 90s. It's not from the 80s. It's not, you know, it's, it, it, this is a continual call. And so Some of us need to hear that call once again today from the Lord. Whom will I send? Who will go for us? And if you're hearing this and you feel the Holy Spirit putting his fire in your heart today, then I want to encourage you as we, I'm going to invite the musicians, both campuses back up at this point. And we have people who are ready to pray. I'd like you to invite you to that prayer team, come to the cross and even as we're singing the last song, I want to invite anyone who's feeling that, that fire beginning to burn within them to go and pray with them, all right? And if it's not today, if you want to go away today and reflect on all this, come and talk to one of the pastors, one of the elders, one of the, the missions board, because if you're sensing that calling, we want to help you discern that and equip you with the wisdom and the, and the training that you might need to, to do what God's calling you to do. And so, we just join with the seraphim this morning in saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. God, may the whole earth be full of your glory Jesus, may the, the, the fire that's burning in your heart for the glory of the Father be burning within us. Jesus, make us available and dependable to carry that fire into the world, no longer for its judgment, but for its cleansing. Jesus, use us to carry your gospel and your good news into our work, into our families, into the culture where we live, Lord. And for any of us here, Lord, that you may be calling to cross a culture or a boundary or a nation. Lord, light that fire. And may we be a sending church. In fact, we've had words over us that will be known more for who we send than for who we gather. May we all realize our part in your mission this morning. And may the whole earth, may our families and our work and our neighborhoods and our, our church, our nation and the nations be full of your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank you for listening to the NC4 Podcast. 
For more info, visit our website at nc4.org. We believe in the power of a connected life. If you prayed to give your life to Jesus today, we'd love to help you walk it out together. Just text the word Jesus to 610-816-6062.